Ancient Aliens Debunked and Magic Mushrooms today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Okay, that was a little bit clickbaity. I'm not going to talk about magic mushrooms. I hope I didn't get your um, your hopes up. But I'm going to talk about some amazing mushrooms. Now, I do have to say, I just recorded a 15-minute rant on Pizzagate. And I was like, this, this is not a fun topic. This is not a fun topic. Maybe I'll have a, a special Pizzagate episode. But I, I just, just was like, oh, that's... that's I, I mean... It, it, it's just one of those things that it's something that I kind of do want to cover. It's back in the news, actually. The Health and Human Services um, employee called John Podesta a pedophile and said that liberals um, sacrifice babies in satanic rituals. And it was completely ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. And she had to apologize and she got demoted and so on and so forth. Whatever you think about Pizzagate, there's really not a lot of evidence about it. Circumstantial evidence. But here's my thing. So I went on like a 16-minute rant about that and about conspiracy theories and blah, blah, blah. And it just wasn't very lively. So that's always the balance with a show like this. I kind of want to keep it informative, but at the same time, I want it to be uh, relatively entertaining. I did did talk about fat bombs in that original draft, too. So the yesterday I was talking about being on the keto diet. And part of that is you have to eat a lot of fat. And right now I'm actually on a fat fast. That's where you don't eat anything but fat, and it helps kind of move the keto along. Now here's the thing. So there's a thing called bulletproof coffee. So you take black coffee, put a, um, some coconut oil in it, and you put some butter in it, and then you drink it. And it's like no calorie. Well, it's calories, but it's all fat, and the coffee itself doesn't have any calories, and it just like gives you energy and it gets your body going. Now here's the thing. I don't have any coffee, and I don't have any butter. So I've just put been putting a coconut, two tablespoons of coconut oil in a glass and a, a tablespoon of margarine and a melt in it, and I drink it. It actually works. It actually does give you a lot of energy. Yeah, it's uh, it's going well. It's going well. It's funny, once you start kind of changing up your diet just even a little bit, you start to notice big changes with it. Not eating a lot of carbs. I have more energy. When I eat carbs, when I go off keto, my kitchen is... I don't, I stopped doing dishes for some weird reason. I just let dishes pile up. That's probably like the biggest side effect of, of eating carbs for me. For whatever reason, I just have a ton of dishes. Normally I just eat my food and wash my dish. Anyways, that has nothing to do with anything we're going to talk about. So I watched this documentary the other day and it's three hours long. Okay. Let me rephrase that. I watched parts of a documentary the other day. It's three hours long. <clears throat> but it allows you to skip around in the documentary to the subjects you really want to hear about. And the documentary is called Ancient Aliens Debunked. It's available on YouTube, and it is amazing. It's an amazing piece of work. So what this gentleman did was he starts off by saying he was a fan of Ancient Aliens, the television show. He found it very intriguing. But over the years, he looked into a, a lot of the claims, and he found out that they weren't true. They would be. They would claim. They say archaeologists don't know how they did this, and he would go, "No, here's archaeologists saying they know how they did this." They'd say this material could only be cut with a diamond. He goes, "They're actually saying it's a different material." When you look at the archaeological records, it's sandstone, but ancient aliens is saying it's granite and diorite, which are two completely different. They on the hardness scale. I think it's the Mohs scale or whatever. They're completely. I didn't know that until I watched the documentary. I'm not going to act like I'm all smart. But 
So he and he lays it out. He goes, I don't think ancient aliens made mistakes. I don't think this is a case of just a few mistakes here and there. He goes, this is an obfuscation. This is a purposeful muddiness of the facts. And uh, the most fascinating thing to me was his the portion on the Nazca lines. Now, Nazca lines is something that I was fascinated by as a kid. It's those lines drawn in the desert. The concept was, was there alien landing pads? Why else would you be able, why would you draw stuff that could only be visible from the sky unless you were drawing them for aliens? What's the first part of it? The second one was how they did it in the first place. The only way you could ever do that was um, by being in the sky and telling you where to draw. Now, here's the thing. If it was alien ships and it was runways, I don't think they would just drag their feet through the ground. They'd use lasers. Or they would, you know, use alien... They'd be like, oh, here, here's this thing we invented. It's called concrete. Give it the times. They'd pour it and they'd have an alien runway. None of that stuff is there. He explains why Nazca Lines is on such level ground. He explains how they were made. He explains why they were made. They were made because the Nazca, the people who lived up there in Peru, it's a desert and they needed rain. And these were symbols to let the gods know that they were there and where to rain. He goes, the the lines are always pointing towards where water would be or followed rivers. I mean, he and it was just the Nazca line thing was like a 20-minute segment. He just goes point by point by point by point. I cannot rec- this, recommend this documentary enough. If you are a fan of ancient aliens and you want more information, you want to see the other side of that argument. If you're a skeptic and you want to be able to debate ancient aliens with people, I don't know if that's something that you do as a hobby. Or there's an even a better thing about about the documentary. It's very comfy. The guy speaking just has a great tone to his voice. At a certain point, I had to go read some other stuff. I just let the video play. It's just very, it's almost like white noise at a certain point. But it's white noise that you can learn from, so that's good. Now, before, in the original version, this is where you could insert a 15-minute rant to Pizzagate. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. I come across a lot of stories that are a little too dark, um, and, and again, I'll have to figure out some way to put those in, but we're not going to worry about that today. This story, though, is fascinating. So, I was reading online today, which, you know, every good story starts like that. And somebody mentioned that in Oregon, in the Oregon, which is where I'm at, is the world's biggest life form. The biggest life form on the planet is in Oregon. And what it is, it's a massive onion. I mean, it's a massive mushroom. It's a massive mushroom. And so, of course, I saw that and I was like, okay, I need to find out if this is real or not. So I typed in large mushroom organ. I don't even know if I was, I don't even know if I was that concise with it. But anyway, so I typed in, I typed in giant mushroom organ. I don't know why I had to tell you that part. But anyways, so it's true. The biggest life form on the planet is an organ, and it's a giant mushroom. It's 2,200 acres. Now, of course, I'm thinking, oh, that's awesome. That's like a mushroom you could, like, cut a house in and live in. But no, it's not that cool. It's actually underground. It's it's like the um, the mycelium. I don't know. I should probably get, like, a, a, a thing that... Oh, whoa, never mind. I should probably get something that... Like, um, does, what are those things called? Oh, I can't even think of the word, um, pronunciations. I should get a program or something that pronunciates stuff. But anyways, 
So it it's basically it's this mushroom that is under the ground. It's just like string black shoestring filaments that go through the forest. It's 2400 years old. And it kills trees and that's how they figured out where it was because trees die because it basically sucks all the nutrients out of the trees. It's 3.5 miles across and extends an average of 3 feet into the ground. So it's basically just you're when you're walking through that you're walking on a giant life form, a single life form. And every so often you'll see golden mushrooms popping out and that's kind of an idea like the mushrooms itself are kind of like they'll pop out of the ground and they'll release spores, but the li- the life form, I guess the I guess the mushroom, I've heard that the mushroom that we see is actually just the the spore releaser. It, the stuff underground is the um the life form itself, the mycelium or something like that. So anyways, I think it's, so you imagine that you have this giant life form just going through the forest and eating stuff. You cannot tell me that mushroom is not smart. You, something that's 2,400 years old, that, that's, that, that is that big. You can't tell me it doesn't have some sort of intelligence, some sort of, it's gained some sort of sentience. Maybe it's not as smart as the talking animals from episode one. Actually, you know what? It may actually be smarter. Something that's 2,400 years old, you, I, don't think it's, I don't think it biologically could be stupid. Right? I mean, like, you, I think at a certain point it would start to be like, oh, you know, my arm's like way over here and then here's this other arm. I better figure out a way to make these two arms talk to each other in case this arm has to like warn this arm that like I don't know a bunch of beavers are coming so it starts to like build neural pathways that's my hypothesis what's interesting is that this actually is the largest life form but um about 10 years ago or something like that I don't remember I'll have to look through the article but anyways um they found another one in Washington right across the river they found another massive yeah it was 1500 acres it was over by Mount Adams and that was found in 1992. And scientists were said, well, we know the signs are of that one. There's a bunch of dead trees. Let's see if there's another area with a bunch of dead trees. So they came across the river here in Oregon. And they found this guy. Now, you know what's weird? So they keep saying, um, like, it's scientific name. The Armorillo Osteo, whatever. Anyways, it should have a name. They should have named it by now. If it's this big... It should have a mushroom name. It should be um, not Toad, not something stupid. I like Toad in Super Mario Brothers too. Actually, he was probably my favorite character. But like at this point, we should name it. We should name it. Um, I can't think of a mushroom name off the top of my head. I don't know. I don't know. But anyways. Um, we should name it because it probably is deserves it. It's twenty four hundred years old. That's older than, um, <laughs> that's old. <laughs> it's older than a bunch of stuff. That's older than a bunch of stuff. Now, I was also re- reading online because I again I was looking into mushrooms, and so, and I haven't been able to find any verification of this fact. Okay, so you can say this isn't true, but that let me read exactly what this person said. You know how beneath all the dirt and shit, there's eventually a sort of super dense shell of rock that keeps the inner core and whatnot at bay. So we're talking about like in the planet and the planet is a globe. 
That's supposedly covered by mycelium. Mushrooms and other fungus was the first life ever to appear on Earth before the dinosaurs and everything else. That fungus has stayed here since then, disregarding all the matter getting added through asteroids and other space shit. Just constantly... Okay, I thought it was a little more concise when I originally read it. But anyways, his point is, is that... So, under, like, right uh, underneath, like, the dirt and everything, but before you get to the core, he, he says that it's, like, he, he heard, at least, that it's covered in mycelium. So, basically, there's a giant mushroom life form, like, in the middle of the planet. And um, now that I'm kind of saying it out loud, it sounds pretty stupid, but my point is, okay, let's just assume this is true for a second. That underneath the dirt, there's a giant network. There's one of these guys. There's one of these, um, I still can't come up with a name. But anyways, um, there's one of these big mushroom things, but it's like under the whole planet. Like it's inside the planet. It's feeding off nutrients and stuff like that. How big that would be. How old that would be. That The thing in Oregon, the mushroom in Oregon, they say that it started from a, a single spore. It wasn't any sort of like weird fluke. It just landed, well, I guess it is a fluke. It landed in the perfect environment, but just a single microscopic spore has now evolved into this giant mushroom thing. So who's not to say that there isn't even bigger ones out there? Who's not to say that there's one under the planet or like inside the planet? Like, we don't know. Maybe that is a that is a valid conspiracy theory. Um, I would say so. Uh, even though I just heard about it today and I've done actually no no sizable amount. See, this is, I think, part of the problem with the conspiracy theories is that I've, I've done, I've read two articles on this, <coughs> two articles on this and a post on 4chan. And my brain's already thinking, maybe it's possible, maybe it's possible. Now, I, th- I like to think that I am now not going to go out and write a book about how it, I have definite proof that there is a living, thinking mushroom entity at the core of the planet, and I'm not going to spend the rest of my life trying to prove it. I think it's a fascinating theory to talk about. But this is a lot of times how conspiracies or misinformation can be out there, because someone who's just read an article will spout out, <coughs> spout off like they know <coughs> everything about the subject. I'm calling the kettle black here. And I obviously am no authority on on any any sort of issue, but um, I find it fascinating. I'm kind of walk, talking around in circles here, but I think you know what I mean. Like sometimes people like let's no 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 no. I think you know what I mean. I don't think I need to go any more into detail. I don't know what I'm talking about. I find it fascinating, and my enthusiasm may over override any sort of logical thing. I don't think I'm, again, going to tell people that there's a giant mushroom at the planet in the middle of the Earth. However, I will probably mention it and say, hey, you want to hear something interesting? I think there's a giant mushroom at the planet in the center of the Earth. And then if other people want to take that as fact, then I guess that's on them. Right? It's not the gun who kills people. It's the person who pulls the trigger. I'm just the gun. I'm just the knowledge spilling out into the universe. Someone else wants to believe it and write a book on it and dedicate their life to discovering the giant mushroom man. The giant... What's a name, dude? Um, I am literally looking around my house trying to figure out a name and I am realizing that I have no brand name thing. I, I, we can call it Blade Trinity because I have the novelization for that, but I don't think that's going to stick. Um, 
I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to table that issue, but it's going to bug me. I'll, I'll, I know in the middle of the night I'll record a short little podcast saying I have the mushroom man's name. That being said, I'm going to go back to my original thing that I find um, nature completely fascinating. A lot of times it can be... If it turned out that there was a giant mushroom in the middle of the planet, why am I still... <laughs> if it turns out that there is a giant mushroom in the middle of the planet of the Earth, I would be like, oh, that is so fascinating that something could be that old. And if I found out that there wasn't one, I don't necessarily think I'd be disappointed. But I still, I think the concept that it could have been there or could have happened is fascinating. I don't know. I don't know. So there is a there's a chance that I just edited out another like five minutes of me talking about mushrooms in the center of the earth. I think the center of the earth is probably the creepiest thing about the earth. People talk a lot about how the ocean is totally unexplored and it's creepy. And I'm like, dude, screw that, man. Yeah, ocean's ocean's creepy, but I don't ever have to worry about it because by the time I hit the bottom of the ocean, I'll just be jelly anyways. Caves are creepy. They just go into the core of the earth. Not the core, literally, but you know, they just just dark and sometimes they get really tight. Oh, caves are terror. I think caves are far more terrifying than the ocean. I'd much rather fall into an ocean and just be compressed eventually because you're going to die if you just fall into the ocean, but you could be stuck in a cave for years eating bats and stuff, never finding your way out, like beating up bears and stuff. Like at a certain point, your your survival mechanism would override and you would just be like punching shit in the dark. And then you'd punch like a shadow so many times and then you'd be like, well, I guess I killed that raccoon and you would eat it. The ocean, you're dead. Like you sink and you get squished by the water pressure. So, I mean, it's always that thing. What do you want? Like a quick death or a slow death? Do you want to, you know, like, be be violently accosted in a cave system for the rest of your life or do you just want to like i wonder how long it would take to sink to the bottom of the ocean like if someone tied weights to your feet and they dropped you off the marinara trench i should look that up but i'm not going to now um no you know what i'm gonna look that up here let's see Okay, so I'm back. So if you jumped, well, I don't know if you jumped, but anyway, so um, it, it takes 90 minutes. So it takes 90 minutes to reach the bottom of the Marinara Trench, apparently, according to National Geographic. And honestly, that's like in a, in a submarine and stuff like that. But anyway, so if you had weights tied to your feet and you jumped out of a boat, you it would take you about an hour and a half. It would take you the length of a movie. Blade Trinity to sink to the bottom of the ocean, but you wouldn't actually you'd, you'd be compressed by the time. So you see, well, and assuming you had a, like a breathing apparatus on, and you just sank down, so you could breathe, but you would uh, get squished and then freeze to death. In a cave system, you'd be down there till you were like eighty. You'd be down there until you got some like disease from eating guano all day long. Like you're like, oh, I got I got white lung. From breathing in all this bat poop. So, so again, I'd much rather fall into the ocean than a cave system. I, um, so yeah, 
I think that I think that was somewhat on topic with mushrooms. I'm not for sure. But I do have to say this. I find this doing this uh, podcast absolutely fun and fascinating. I'm having a great time talking to all of you guys. I hope you guys are having fun too. So we are going to be back Monday. And we are going to talk about oh, Michigan Blue Hell. That's the topic I wanted to talk about for a while. I like doing the conspiracy theories that people don't know about. And that's another thing with Pizzagate. It's relatively popular and a lot of people have covered it. But things like Dublin, Wisconsin and, and Michigan Blue Hell. And even the Lady Gaga one wasn't super popular. So I like doing stuff like that rather than the big ones. Because the big ones you can get more information on. Like even the Mandela Effect one. It was just kind of a brief overview. But I do implore all of you to go out and, like they say in the Flat Earth Research, go out and research it yourself, um, just for the sake of entertainment, honestly. Like I said, I like reading about this stuff, and I think it's just another fascinating view, a way to look at the world. Um, but I ho- again, I hope you're having fun listening to the podcast. If you want to get a hold of me, my email is basque5150 at gmail.com. My website is debrabbit.com. That's where you can find all of the um, episodes. And I'm you also all the show notes are going to be in the descriptions for whatever podcast hosting service you have. If you're listening to the show and enjoying it, please leave a review. If you have any personal, inf- uh, personal things you want to um, send to me, any notes, like the show, hate the show, what can be better, just go ahead and email me. And I will see you guys again on Monday take um, the next two days off. I'm working on some other stuff, but I'm having a lot of fun with the show. We're on episode 12, so it's going great. I still don't have a sign-off, and I still don't have a name for the world's biggest mushroom, but we will answer both of those soon on the next episode of Dead Rabbit Radio.